Grizzlies feed it to the corner as Fitz collides with Versteeg. Fitz over to the left side, shot and a score! Tyler Penner's the insurance man, and the Grizzlies have taken a 5-3 lead. Burzan delivered a hit, puck now in the right corner as Manning gets blasted in the corner, he gets back to his feet. Jamison centering pass wide open, Burzan with a shot, he scores! Luka Burzan's giving the Grizzlies a 3-2 lead. Hey, welcome to Grizzlies Weekly, the weekly show talking about everything in the world of Utah Grizzlies hockey. I'm Tyson Whiting. You can follow me on Twitter, at TysonOnSports. It's going to be a lot of fun as we're a couple weeks away from the start of training camp and the regular season is just around the corner. We've got a couple preseason games to talk about later on in the show. There were three former Grizzlies players that played for the Colorado Avalanche in preseason games on Sunday, and we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We'll also go over some of the big questions that we have of the Grizzlies going into training camp. Some big stories in the month of September as assistant coach Tegan Zahn has decided to stay home in Colorado for this season as Tegan became a father for the first time this past April and he's going to stay at home and be a dad and he can't really blame him. I mean, I think that would be the goal for a lot of people is to become a stay-at-home dad and that's what Tegan's going to be. And he did a great job last season in his first year as assistant coach with the Grizzlies. And if you think about the characteristics that somebody like Tegan Zahn brings to an organization, every team that he's ever been on, either as a player or as a coach, have been a winning, uh, winning team. In fact, he was part of a winning record every year as a player, and that included four seasons with the Grizzlies. And uh, I don't think it's any surprise that he was part of the first Mountain Division championship in Utah Grizzlies history. So he's a guy that really knows how to win. You know, he's somebody that's a team player that really has a lot of great characteristics that you look for in either a player or a coach. And so the Grizzlies are certainly going to miss him. He's going to be replaced by Jared Pike, who was a player for the Grizzlies in the 2020-21 season. Last year he was an assistant with the Utah Outliers Junior League team. Uh, Jared Pike is not a very old guy. You know, he's somebody that uh, you look at him and you wonder if he even shaves. Uh, he's he's a very youthful-looking person. Uh, he, you know, but I think that he has some of the similar qualities, you know, some of the same traits that you see from Tegan Zahn. So I think Jared Pike's going to do a great job. I remember him being a blue-collar player with the Grizzlies a couple years ago. He scored three goals and one assist in 31 games for Utah in the 2020-2021 season. Wichita wins the faceoff. It goes towards the end wall. Now towards the net. Pike actually scores. Jared Pike out in front of the net. Found the puck and ended up putting it in the back of the net for his second goal of the season. And the Grizzlies lead 6-1. Shuffle it back to Mitch Maxwell as the Grizzlies going 12 forwards tonight. As Lepkowski, Elfire lefty shot deflection. Score! Grizzlies get on the board as Lepkowski fired a shot. And Jared Pike was out in front of the net. Might have gotten redirected as the Grizzlies have scored first three minutes into the game. The goal is credited to the Sandy, Utah native Jared Pike. He was one of those guys who had good size, 6'4", 210 pounds, and could get in front of the net. We talk about the youthful Jared Pike. He's only 26 years old. He'll be 27 on New Year's Eve. He was born and raised in Sandy, Utah, and so he's a local guy that knows the area pretty well, and I think Jared Pike's going to do a great job in his first season as assistant coach under Ryan Kanasiewicz, who is entering his second season as Utah Grizzlies head coach. And we do call Ryan Kanasiewicz the Grizzlies' goat 
as he is the Grizzlies' all-time leader in goals, assists, and points, and he leads all three of those categories by a wide margin. There will be two preseason games that the Grizzlies will appear in leading up to the regular season. The Grizzlies will be in Boise on Friday, October 14th, and if I remember right, in previous years, tickets at Idaho Central Arena for the preseason game were just limited to still had season ticket holders. And then the Grizzlies will be at the Ogden Ice Sheet for the second straight year, having a preseason game against the Idaho Steelheads. If I remember right, that's going to be the second game of a doubleheader as the Ogden Mustangs will play earlier that day at the Ogden Ice Sheet. So the Grizzlies will be the second game of a doubleheader. They'll take on the Idaho Steelheads. And really what should be a fascinating week of hockey. And, uh, you know, you think about the preseason games kind of being at the tail end of a really tough week in terms of conditioning, in terms of a lot of practices and getting ready for the season. And it'll be interesting to see who ends up playing in net for the Grizzlies. That's one of the big questions I have leading up to the regular season. We'll talk about that in a few minutes here on Grizzlies Weekly. But as I look to the preseason games, it was interesting to see the NHL start their preseason action this past Sunday. And the Grizzlies, there was actually three former Grizzlies that played for the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche actually had two games. They had split squad games in two different cities. Former Grizzly Ryan Wagner played in one of the games. Wagner, remember, played in 23 games for the Grizzlies in the 2019-2020 season. He had nine goals and 11 assists. It was a minus one in 23 games. Otherwise, he's been in the AHL for five seasons, two years with the Chicago Wolves, and the last three years, with the Colorado Eagles with 23 games with the Grizzlies mixed in there. He's not a very big guy, listed about 5'8 and 185 pounds. He's maybe more like 5'7, but he does a lot of the little things that help a team win. In fact, he had a pretty good playoff run for the Eagles last year in nine playoff games with Colorado. He had five points, four goals, and one assist. He actually had one of his best seasons professionally with the Eagles last year in 50 games. He had 10 goals and 14 assists, so it's good to see Ryan Wagner, the 26-year-old, do some great things with the AHL's Colorado Eagles, and he appeared in a preseason game. Ben Tardiff and Nate Clarman played in the other preseason game. I think they actually played in the one that was in Denver this past Sunday. Tardiff led the Grizzlies with 59 points last season, 20 goals and 39 assists. The 39 assists led the club. But what Tardiff did in the playoffs was just absolutely outstanding. And I don't know that we'll see anything like it from what Dastu and Tardiff did. As both guys had 30 points, but Tardiff had 25 assists. If I remember right, I think the league record for assists in one single playoff is 29, set by Chad Costello, the current Allen Americans head coach. And, you know, if the Grizzlies would have gone a little bit deeper into that Toledo round, who knows? Maybe Tardiff has one of those games where he has two or three assists and ends up challenging that record. So Ben Tardiff was outstanding. I think he's in the second year of a two-year AHL contract, and we'll see where he ends up. He could end up with the Grizzlies, could end up with the Eagles. You know, Tardiff is a guy that's got a ton of speed, and he's still a young guy. You know, he's only 22 years old, and he will be entering his second full season as a professional. Remember, Tardiff was outstanding in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League playoffs. He was a playoff MVP back in 2021. So you're talking about get big game players. I mean, Ben Tardiff, who was the playoff MVP at a pretty good junior league in 2021, and then obviously what he did for the Grizzlies last season with 25 assists, a lot of those going to Charles Edward Dastu, who's playing in Finland for the upcoming 2022-23 season. 
Grizzlies win the faceoff and dump it in. A centering pass, shot and a score! Nate Corman gets the second of the year as he got a centering pass from out behind the net. And the Grizzlies, 12 seconds into the second period, have taken a 2-1 lead. And, of course, we mentioned Nate Clerman, who's one of six defensemen to play in that preseason game in Denver. Uh, Clerman was an outstanding performer for the Grizzlies last year. He had three goals and 21 assists in 54 games, and he was a plus-16. And, uh, you know, he's the former Notre Dame captain. He was captain of Notre Dame in his senior year in the 2020-21 season. Very smart hockey player. Makes good decisions with the puck. I'm really excited to see what kind of progress Nate Clerman makes from year one to year two as a professional. And uh, like Tardif, who knows where he's going to end up this season. He could end up back with the Grizzlies, could end up uh, with the Eagles, and he could end up sticking with the Eagles all year. It's kind of tough in this organization, though, because you got so much depth among all three levels of the organization. Obviously, there's not an NHL team that's any deeper than Colorado in terms of NHL talent, as they did win the Stanley Cup last year. And I think everybody's excited to see what the Avalanche are able to do for an encore. And, uh, you know, the Colorado Eagles, you know, it seems like uh, ever since the Grizzlies have been affiliated with them, you know, they provided a lot of good players to the Grizzlies. And the Eagles always seem to be very deep defensively, and they always seem to have talented forwards. You know, it's always interesting to see year in and year out just what kind of help the Grizzlies get from their affiliate. And, uh, you know, you talk about the Avalanche and the Eagles, they definitely don't disappoint. They certainly stock the Grizzlies with good players, and that's part of the reason why the Grizzlies year in and year out have been one of the most consistent teams in the league. Mason Manick will skate in from the left side, get it to Tardif. Tardif centering pass, shot and a score! Grizzlies retake the lead, 3-2 to two as Utah has scored two unanswered here in the third. Fans are fired up here at Maverick Center as James Shearer skated to the bench first. And if that is Shearer, that will be a second of the season as Tardif from the left side Centered it over to James Shearer, who fired away. And it is Shearer, the University of Calgary product, who gets his second of the season. Defenseman James Shearer is one of several returning players from last season's club. And it's really fascinating to see because, after all, the only constant, it seems like, at this level of hockey is change. Be it you look at the Grizzlies roster and guys who have already signed up for the upcoming season, there's so many players. I mean, you look at the, the defensive unit, Shearer, James, uh, Joey Colatarchi, Connor McDonald, Kyle Pouncey, Jordan Stone. I mean, all those guys are, are Grizzlies players that, uh, you know, were with the club last year and came back for an, another season. You know, you look at the Ford unit. There's so many players that are back from last season's club, including some key players. I mean, you think about what Dylan Fitz was able to do in the postseason last year. You know, scored some big goals for the Grizzlies, most of them coming in the third period of games. You know, Johnny Walker's got a ton of scoring potential, as after all, he's Arizona State's all-time leading goal scorer. Uh, Tyler Penner's got some potential. I mean, he was a Grizzlies Ironman last year, and he could have another good year. Dakota Raby showed a, an amazing amount of speed, and everybody's going to remember the hat trick he had in the game that clinched a division title for Utah. You know, Kyle Betts is coming back. Christian Simeone. I really liked what Keaton Jamison did uh, in a few games towards the end of the regular season. I thought the last regular season the game the Grizzlies played in, Keaton Jamison was one of Utah's best players. And then there was a game next to last weekend of the regular season in Boise where I thought Keaton Jamison was a standout. So he's coming back. I'm really looking forward to Neil Robinson, who only played in a couple games for Utah before suffering a season-ending injury. And that was very early in the year. I think it was in a game in early November 
against Rapid City, but Neil Robinson certainly has a lot of potential. You know, Kyle Betts, his first full season as a pro, he certainly showed some flashes of being a pretty good player in this league. And so, you know, you think about all those guys coming back, and many of those players probably had offers to play elsewhere. You know, somebody like Tyler Penner, there's probably half a dozen to a dozen teams in this league that would take Tyler Penner in a heartbeat. You know, who doesn't want to have Kyle Betts on their team? You know, Dylan Fitz is the perfect role player because he can do so many different things out on the ice. He's certainly a... You know, one of those players that you put him on the power play, he could be the guy in front of the net. You know, he's somebody who can uh, stand out in either wing and be a finisher, you know, either on the right side or left side. He's great on the penalty kill. In fact, he was probably Utah's best penalty killing forward in the playoffs last year. And, uh, you know, a guy like Dylan Fitz who has some pro experience, you know, had a couple of good years with Orlando. You know, he could have signed just about anywhere and yet he chose to sign with the Grizzlies for the upcoming season. And uh, really the question is why? Why are these players all coming back? And I think that, you know, there's a few different reasons. One, you'll look at the player development skills of a guy like Ryan Kanasiewicz and what he was able to do to elevate players, you know, making them better. And uh, really because at this level, you know, you have a good year with the Grizzlies, your stock is going to be elevated. You know, you look at a guy like Brandon Cutler, his first full season as a pro uh, Cutler looked pretty good for a couple months, went to the AHL with the Abbott, with the Abbotsford, and he, he ended up sticking there the rest of the year. You know, so you talk about what he did for Brandon Cutler, you know, and some of the other players. And I think word around the league is spread that you want to play for the Grizzlies and you want to play for a coach like Ryan Kanasiewicz because you're going to be better off for it. You know, it's certainly going to be nothing but beneficial to your career. And so there's a few reasons why I think guys decide to come back. You know, it is a good place to play, um, pretty good arena uh, when you compare it to the rest of the league. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. And, you know, there's many reasons why. I think some of it might be, you know, locker room culture was pretty good last year. Uh, you know, but I think a lot of it's player development and playing for a guy like Ryan Kanas, which is certainly one of the, the up-and-coming stars in the coaching ranks in this league. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, the new players. You know, I mentioned earlier Bryson Martin, a guy that's got about five or six years of pro experience. I'm also interested in seeing what Cam Strong's able to do in camp. Last season he played with Redding in South Carolina. He's 27 years old. He was born in Billings, Montana, and he's certainly going to be somebody to keep an eye out for. And so we'll watch Cam Strong not only in training camp, uh, but uh, we'll see him in a couple preseason games and see what he brings to the table. And it's kind of interesting when you think about going into previous training camps, you know, you look at seeing about 15 new faces, and you're trying to figure out, okay, how good's this guy? How good's that guy? What can this player do for you? <laughs> and really, you look in camp, it's like, okay, we got two new faces. What's Bryce and Martin bring to the table, and what's Cam Strong bring? Uh, other than that, it's a lot of guys that uh, Grizzlies fans are familiar with, and I think that, uh, you know, Grizzlies fans should be very optimistic about the team they're going to have on the ice. But I do think it's going to be a little bit more of a balanced attack. You know, you talk about in previous years where – or really last year in particular. You know, you think about two years ago, maybe it was a little bit more of a balanced attack. Uh, but last year, you know, for the most part, when the Grizzlies had to have it in the playoffs, it was a lot of dash to Tardiff. You know, the Grizzlies captain last year, Trey Bradley, came through uh, with the 19 points in 18 playoff games. You know, the new guys, Pfizer and Sekos, who didn't appear in any regular season games for the Grizzlies, but both guys had good playoff runs. But I do think that this year's club, 
is certainly among the forwards. And, yeah, I don't know that we're necessarily going to get the goal scoring that we got from our defensive unit last year with Dastu and Luke Martin. But I do think the forwards, you know, have a lot of scoring potential. But I do think it's going to be a little bit more balanced, which I actually think is perfect for this league. You know, whether you think about uh, last season where I think 11 players, if I remember right, scored 10 or more goals which I think was the most that the Grizzlies had had in at least a half dozen years or maybe a dozen years. He had to go back quite a ways to figure out the last time the Grizzlies had that many double-digit goal scorers. Um, you know, and so it was a balanced attack last season in terms of who was scoring the goals, and I think it's going to be that case again this year, especially when you know you got a third line, you know, your third line forwards, maybe even your third line defensive unit, you know, can beat other teams. Third, third line guys because you know you look at this league depth can certainly be a challenge for some teams but when you're able to throw out a third line that the, like the Grizzlies did last year in most games I mean how many how many wins per year do you get when your third line just beats the other team's third line it seemed like it happened at least seven or eight times last year and I think that made a big difference in why the Grizzlies won the division was that their third line was able to beat the other team's third line you know that sort of, of depth that sort of scoring depth, really, uh, you know, which which we saw in a few games against Tulsa in December. Um, you know, we certainly saw it against Wichita a couple times. Um, you know, that's really going to make a big difference in where the Grizzlies end up this year. And I think that when you talk about the depth of the forward unit, I think that's a big quality as to why the Grizzlies won the division last year and why I think they should be one of the favorites going into this season. You're listening to Grizzlies Weekly. I'm Tyson Whiting. You can follow me on Twitter at Tyson on Sports. We'll talk hockey every Tuesday throughout the season. One rule change of note that the league just recently put in is instead of having 16 skaters and two goalies per team, they have added a 17th skater for game nights. And that certainly should be interesting because it adds a little bit more depth. You know, coaches can go with either a seventh defenseman or they can go with an extra forward. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, if there's any sort of impact. And I think a team that uh, has a lot of depth like the Grizzlies have, I think having a 17th skater out there certainly is going to be beneficial because Ryan Kanasiewicz is going to have some tough decisions as to who's going to play and who's going to sit, mostly because of the depth of the forward spot. So, uh, you know, it's possible for the Grizzlies they might end up just using an 11th forward because it looks like that's where the Grizzlies are going to be deep this season. But the Grizzlies do have some guys, and uh, I think that you know part of having 16 skaters, you know, you have to be flexible, and I think that that's why it seems like every year you have a defenseman that ends up going back, you know, back and forth between being a defenseman and being a forward. Last season, Joey Colatarchi played that role quite a bit. If I remember right, in previous seasons. Uh, Tegan Zahn would be that guy that every now and then he would play forward, and it seemed like he would be a forward almost as much as he was a defenseman. And I think part of why you saw that in previous years was because you only dressed 16 players and you had to be flexible. And uh, you probably were flexible with an extra defenseman, you know, acting as a forward because, you know, if you got a game where you got six defensemen dressing and somebody either gets injured or somebody gets ejected from the game, all of a sudden you're a little bit short on the blue line. So. I think that having an extra skater out there is just going to add a little bit more flexibility uh, to coaches like Ryan Kanasiewicz. And like I said, it's going to be some tough decisions on game day. And really, there were some tough decisions last year as to who dresses and who plays because 
of the depth of a team like the Grizzlies. So I think that uh, having a 17th skater is certainly beneficial to a club like the Grizzlies. You know, maybe it allows a player like Joey Kolatarchi, who's a defenseman by trade, to just have him stay as a defenseman. But maybe, you know, you think about uh, guys switching back and forth between a forward and a, a defensive role, maybe you use that 17th player as a swing man. You know, he could end up uh, playing a couple shifts defensively, could end up playing some shifts as a forward. So it'll be interesting to see how a coach like Ryan Knass, which utilizes that extra skater. Is it going to be an extra defenseman? Is it going to be a forward? Is it going to be a guy that's going to go back and forth, play a little bit of forward, play a little bit of defense? And uh, so it'll be fascinating to see you know, what kind of an impact the 17th skater is going to have uh, throughout the league. You're listening to Grizzlies Weekly. We'll talk Grizzlies hockey every week leading up to the regular season and throughout the regular season and hopefully deep into the postseason. Uh, there are some question marks, obviously, and there are questions every year heading into training camp as to how the team's going to look. I think one of the big questions I'm looking at is what is the Grizzlies power play unit going to look like? You know, you think about how the power play looked last season. It was a lot of Dastu catching one-timers on the right side. You know, Trey Bradley with this creative passing, you know, he made a big impact. Trey's actually signed with the Lehigh Valley in the AHL this season. Hopefully he'll end up making that club and spending some time in the AHL. Remember, Trey had 46 points in 38 games with Utah last season, and he also appeared in 10 AHL games with the Colorado Eagles, and so hopefully Trey ends up making Lehigh Valley. And it's kind of interesting to see some former Grizzlies end up with Lehigh Valley. After all, last season, Lehigh Valley had Hayden Hodgson, Charlie Girard, and Garrett Metcalf. All three of those guys were with the Grizzlies in the 2020-21 season where they were teammates with current Grizzlies assistant Jared Pike. And I mentioned Trey partly because of the impact he had on the Grizzlies special teams not only on the, penalty, on the power play, but on the penalty kill. As Utah did lead the league with 20 shorthanded goals, and Trey Bradley and his great ability in open ice certainly contributed a lot to that. In fact, Trey Bradley had four shorthanded goals and three shorthanded assists last season. So it'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see really what the Grizzlies look like on the power play without Trey Bradley, without Dastu. It's still to be determined uh, whether Ben Tardif ends up with the Grizzlies or, or if he ends up sticking in the AHL with the Colorado Eagles the whole season. I think that you know part of what the Grizzlies special teams looks like really depends on what kind of help you get from your affiliate. You know, Are you going to get Secos? Are you going to get Pfizer? Are you going to get some of those defensemen that end up quarterbacking the power play? You know, Can Bryson Martin uh, the new defenseman who last season was with Maine and Indy. Could he end up quarterbacking the power play units? You know, could James Shearer or Connor McDonald end up seeing some more power play time this season? Maybe Nate Clarman ends up on that Grizzlies power play unit. So uh, the players that are going to be on the on the Grizzlies power play are yet to be determined, and because of that, we might not know until the start of the regular season just what the power play unit's going to look like for the Grizzlies, who's going to be the finishers, who's going to be the guy in front of the net. I kind of have a feeling it might be Dylan Fitz ends up in front of the net for the Grizzlies. Um, so I think a lot to, is yet to be determined. And really I think uh, a lot of the Grizzlies' power play and why it's yet to be determined is depending on whether Ben Tardif ends up with the Grizzlies this season or not. And you think about the postseason for the Grizzlies. I mean, in the regular year, you know, the Grizzlies' power play was somewhere in the middle of the road um, in the league. But in the playoffs – the Grizzlies' power play unit was lethal, partly because of the combination of Tardif and Dastu. 
You think about Ben Tardif and his ability on the power play in the regular season, he had four power play goals and 13 power play assists, and that was in 53 games. In 18 playoff games last season, Tardif had 12 power play assists, and most of them ended up going to Dastu, who set a league record with 11 postseason power play goals. So what the power play unit's going to look like, that's one of the questions we'll be looking at going into training camp. What's the goaltending situation? That's going to be another question. Garrett Metcalf is signed for the upcoming season. I do think there are some intriguing possibilities for the Grizzlies this year, but you know it's yet to be determined because those guys are either on NHL contracts, which is the case with uh, Trent Miner, who was a Grizzlies starter last year, and uh, an intriguing name that signed an AHL contract is Lucas Parikh, who played with Rapid City last season and played well against the Grizzlies. I remember Lucas Parikh in late December. It was the game before the Brady DeVries game, uh, the first game after Christmas. Parikh had something like a 46-save shutout against the Grizzlies. He was outstanding against Utah and really against the entire league last season. Parikh was outstanding as he had a 9.15 save percentage and 2.69 goals against average in 32 games with Rapid City. He also appeared in five games in the AHL with the with the Ontario Reign as he was a, a property of the LA Kings and the Ontario Reign in particular on an AHL contract. So, you know, do you get Lucas Preak for the upcoming season? And if so, you got a dangerous one-two combination potentially in Trent Miner and Lucas Preak. Remember Garrett Metcalf, you know, has been solid in two seasons with the Grizzlies. In fact, Metcalf last season had a 918 save percentage, which was the best on the club. So you talk about potentially a a great goaltending situation if you're, in, if you're able to get all three, Miner, Parikh, and Metcalf, and even if you just have two of the three, you know, if it's either Miner or Parikh, and then you have Garrett Metcalf, you're, you know, I, I would think you'd be pretty happy with that goaltending situation as well. So I think the Grizzlies, even though it's a question mark as to, you know, just exactly who's going to be here other than Metcalf this season, you're talking about potentially a great goaltending situation. And then obviously, you talk about those two guys, Miner and Parikh, it's possible you can end up seeing somebody else uh, down the road come from the uh, the AHL, either on an NHL contract or an AHL contract. Um, so I think that you still don't know who's going to be the goaltenders for the Grizzlies this season, but I do feel very optimistic about the, the names, whether it's Miner or Parikh. And I'm very optimistic about Garrett Metcalf, who's going to be starting his third season with the Grizzlies. You know, other questions we're talking about, uh, you know, we mentioned the power play, and I think it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the defenseman on the power play. Uh, last season, it seemed like for the most part, the Grizzlies would go with two defensemen and three forwards on their power play unit you know, with uh, Dastu and Martin. And then their second power play unit last season seemed to have multiple defensemen, whether it was Clerman, McDonald, there was a little bit of Miles Gendron mixed in there as well. Um, so the Grizzlies have been pretty flexible in utilizing their defensemen, and they got a lot of scoring from their defensemen last season. I think that, you know, you talk about a couple names, though, that could be interesting, and we don't know what kind of affiliate help we're going to get from the defensive line for the Grizzlies, but I do think James Shearer has got a lot of scoring potential. Connor McDonald, somebody I think uh, can have some potential on the power play if he's utilized there. And I think the wild card is trying to figure out Bryson Martin, you know, who played last season with Maine and Indy. He's got a lot of experience, and it'll be interesting to see if he could potentially end up uh, being somebody who could play on special teams 
for the Grizzlies. And so some of those are some of the questions we'll talk about next week on the Grizzlies Weekly Show as we're just underway for the upcoming season. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Remember, the home opener for the Grizzlies is going to be on Friday, October 21st. Get your tickets now at utahgrizzlies.com. We'll talk next Tuesday for the next edition of Grizzlies Weekly. Until then, I'm Tyson Whiting, and it is what it is.